Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now, Lord, as we come to your word again, we pray that you would open our hearts Open our hearts, Lord, and, and as the hymn says, feed us till we want no more. Go great Jehovah, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you'd uh, like to take your Bible, please, and turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, we're gonna, going to, this is going to be the scripture here, these first verses here, starting verse 1, that we're going to be considering this morning, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. 2 Kings 5.1. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that's in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have here therewith sent Naaman, my servant, to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he ran his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man does send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so, when Elisha... The man of God had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall become again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away, and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? 
How much rather than when he saith to thee, go wash and be clean. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. He was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all the company, and came and stood before him and said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Now, there are in the Bible great passages, wonderful passages, that show to us great Gentiles who had great faith, for whom the Lord did great miracles. And these were the miracles that were really intended for the house of Israel, for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But those miracles fell like crumbs off a table. And these great Gentiles, like the woman from Canaan, who saw her daughter be so, so diseased, and through her discouragements, though, yet nevertheless, she pressed her way in for the healing of her daughter, and she became a a great Gentile of faith. Then there was the centurion who in great humility, he got a crumb of the miracle off of the Savior's table for his servant's healing. He was a Gentile of great faith. And now we turn from this woman of Canaan, from this centurion, and we ask, who's next? Who's next? Which great Gentile of faith are we going to study next? And I just love the way that this verse 1 starts off when we ask the question, who's next? And verse 1 says, now Naaman. (laughs) So now Naaman, we say, wonderful. Now the Lord has set Naaman, a Syrian captain, before us to see another great Gentile of faith. So what's God's message to us as we see these great Gentiles of faith? It's that 1 Timothy 2.4, 1 Timothy 2.4, that God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So God wants all Gentiles, all peoples of the world to be saved. Now, Naaman, he was a captain in Syrian army under the king Ben-Hadad. And the Syrians have always been fierce. They've been brutal. They've installed fear into their enemies by their mere brutality. Under Naaman, the Syrians had won many battles against Israel. And notice in verse 1 how Naaman is described as a great man with his master, King Ben-Hadid. Now, Naaman was a decorated captain. He was, uh, he, he, because the Lord had given him victories over Syria's enemies. And in verse 1, he's described as a mighty man in valor. But then at the end of verse 1, we have this one word, and it just feels like you hit a block wall when you come to this word, but. In verse 2, he was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. What a tragedy. This great war strategist, this great leader of the army, this fearless fighter, this great deliverer, this mighty man of valor, but he was a leper, but a leper. That's the title of the message. A mighty man in valor was a leper. So this great and mighty man had to keep his skin covered all the time. He wanted to conceal the fact that he was a leper. He had a secret. Everyone knew that he was a leopard, but he kept himself covered. He had the disease of leprosy, which turned his skin this ghostly white and then began to eat away at his fingers and his toes. He was a great, he was a mighty man, but his skin was so terrible that you could go to the lowest slave in Syria 
And you could say, you could say to that person, with all that Naaman has, all you have to do is exchange skins with him. And any slave would say, I won't do it. This word but in verse 1 is what we see today. I have a friend right now who has everything going for him. He sold his business. He has a a, a comfortable bank account. He's retired. He likes to golf. He's looking forward to just a great life of retirement with his wife. And everything is just going his way. But he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And so it's like hitting a block wall. I had another friend who started his business the same time that, that I did at Scanabody's. He lived in Los Angeles before we had children at the same time. We used to go down to the old Anthony's downtown that was across the street from the current Anthony's where, uh, it, it, where, you could, it, where it was every Friday night was all the crab you could eat. I don't know if any of you remember that. But we used to compete with each other and see who could make the biggest pile of crab shells on the table. They, did, they went out of business. They stopped. I don't know why. But anyway, he did very well. He sold his business for $90 million. He was looking forward to retirement, to just a pleasant retirement. But he got an aortic aneurysm and a stomach cancer. Bam, hitting like a black wall. Well, here's Naaman. He has success in his military career. He's a national hero. He's got great honor from the king. Everything's going for his way, but he's a leper. Why? Why do these things happen? The answer is always the same words from the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 8, 36, when the Lord Jesus said, what shall it profit a man? And he said, if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul. But really, we could put it this way. What shall it profit a man? Blank. Fill. Fill it in. What shall it profit a man if? Fill it in and lose his own soul. It's, it's a blank. What should it profit a man if he get a, ba- a big fat bank account? that enables him for a comfortable retirement, and he loses his own soul? What shall it profit a man if he build a prestigious reputation so he's so well-known and he loses his own soul? What should it profit a man if he goes and works out in the gym so much that when he's 50 years old, he has a six-pack or 12-pack or how many packs? I don't know. I don't have any packs. But, and he loses his own soul. And the answer is always the same words from the Lord Jesus Christ. In Mark 8, 37, Mark 8, 37, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Man is just not able to direct his path of life. He doesn't have the ability. Jeremiah 10, 33 says, Jeremiah 10, 23, 10, 23 says, Oh, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Left to himself Without the guidance of God, man always chooses the way of death. He always does. An eternal death, losing his old soul. That's why a verse is repeated twice in the book of Proverbs. For example, in Proverbs 14.12, Proverbs 14.12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's the reason for the great buts in man's life. It's God stopping man from giving his soul over an exchange in a pursuit that's going to end by going over the cliff into eternal death. That's the reason why it says in verse 2, he was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. These all, that was an all-important but in Naaman's life because it would stop him from building his life, gaining reputation, gaining career. And so, because God has another purpose And the purpose which he does arrive at in verse 15 is when he says in verse 15, Behold, now I know 
that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. He never would have said that if he wasn't a leper. I have a friend right now who doesn't know the Lord, but he has a giant butt in his life. And, he, and so I'm praying that he will come to this place where Naaman has come, where he'll say, now I know that there's no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now in verse 1, we have introduced to us Naaman. He's great. He has this great butt in his life. But now in verse 2, we are introduced to another person, a fabulous person, where it says the Syrians had gone out by companies and brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Her name is, well, we don't know. (laughs) Her name is, we don't know. Her name is a little maid, a little maid. We can't say enough about this person who's a little maid. Someone should make a monument to this little maid. There should be a statue of her. She was not killed by the Syrians. The Syrians had battled with the Israelites, but the Syrians saw her as a valuable spoil, so they spared her life, and she finds herself a slave, a captive slave, a spoil of war. Pretty sad future for a young Jewish girl. And that's how she was. She was that way. But she didn't see herself that way. And that was so wonderful about her. She trusted. She hoped in God. She put God, she, she knew God has put me in a strategic position to be a servant to Naaman's wife. And so what we see in this little maid is that she, we see that with all of her circumstances in life, which were pretty bad, she was not discouraged. She was not discouraged. She didn't live under the cloud of, why me? Why did this happen to me? Why did I have to be captured as a slave? Why does my life have to be a servant to a Syrian? This little maid did not let her circumstances discourage her in life. And now we see how this little maid speaks to Naaman's wife. In verse 3, she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, that were with the prophet that's in Samaria, for he would recover him. I mean, what does she have the chutzpah to say? She's got a lot of nerve. She says, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet in Samaria. What, what boldness she has. This is the most powerful Syrian captain who has decimated the Jewish people and that he should go to a Jewish prophet in Samaria? I mean, just, ask, just think of what she's wishing for. The captain of Syria is going to go to one of his conquered people, not even the capital in Jerusalem, but some back country of Samaria, And she may be little, but this little person's got a great boldness. I mean, she was not afraid of being told, keep quiet, child. When this little maid said, would to God, that was a prayer. And it showed that she was a mighty woman of prayer, heart prayer. Her prayer to God was that my Lord were with the prophet in Samaria, there's only one reason why a person would pray like that. There's only one reason she, that she would have this boldness to say those things. There's only one reason. And that was the same reason that Paul had when he preached to the Jewish people about the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the same reason that he prayed for them. When it says in Romans 9.1, Romans 9.1, Paul says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish myself were accursed from Christ, from my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites. And then he went on to say in Romans 10.1, Paul, Romans 10.1, brethren, my heart's desire 
and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. It was because Paul cared for the Jewish people. That was the reason he prayed for them like he did, even to the point of wishing if I could exchange my place in heaven and go to hell in place of them so that they could go to heaven, I'll do it. That's what he said. It was because he cared for them so much. That's the reason he preached the gospel to them. Out of this heart of care, he wrote in Romans 1.16, Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. If we feel in our heart we have a need to speak more to the lost, about the Lord Jesus Christ, if we feel in our heart we have a need to pray more for the lost, then there's one cure, there's one solution. We need more care for the lost, more care. And this little maid, she shows us, she's an example to us, she's the way we should be because she truly cared for Naaman. She didn't take the position of, ah, Naaman, the Syrians, look what they did to my people, serves them right. She didn't do that at all. This little maid loved the family she served, and she prayed for them, and she spoke to them about the fame. She talked about the glory, the power of the true God, the God of Israel. This little maid, she saw her bondage as a slave to a Syrian. She said, hey, that's my opportunity in life. This is my chance. She's just like the disciples who were, who, who were scattered. Their, their, their houses were decimated. They had to leave. They were in, in the great diaspora and, and by the, what the Romans did. And so what did they do? Acts 8.4, Acts 8.4. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. They said, I've been sent here. It's to preach the word. And when the unexpected happens to us, and we find ourselves in a place that we didn't plan for this for us to be here, just like that little maid. She didn't plan that. That's the time to follow the little maid and speak about the power, about the might of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this little maid, she didn't plan on being captive in Syria. She planned on living her life among her people, she, but, but God had other plans for her. And she took her situation from the Lord, and she obeyed. She obeyed God who told the Jewish people, when you go into captivity, this is what you're supposed to do. He told them that in Jeremiah 29.7. Jeremiah 29.7, God said to them, when they go into the captivity, when you go into the captivity, he said in Jeremiah 29.7, seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried captives and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof, you shall have peace. That's what we are called to do today. We are called that. In, in, in 1 Timothy 2, 1, 1 Timothy 2, 1, our calling is, I exhort you therefore, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, be made for all men, for kings, for all that are in authority, that we may lead a, a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So when we see this little maid speak about God, it shows us, it shows us a couple of things. We've been talking today about the T for Child Evangelism Fellowship. This shows us why it's so important to teach children about the wonderful works of God in the Bible. This shows us why Sunday school for children is so important because so that they can speak about God wherever they go. 
Just like the song says, Jesus wants me for a sunbeam to shine for him each day. In every way, try to please him at home, at school, at play. So this little maid was used of God. She defied the devil. She defied all the oppositions. And she became one of the mouths that's spoken of in Psalm 82. Psalm 82, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. So this little maid, she sees the leprosy of her Syrian master. She feels the pain of his leprosy. She, she feels with him the need to be healed. And she not only saw the problem, but she saw how he could be healed. She saw God, the only true God, the God of Israel, that God could heal her Syrian master. You know, there's an interesting verse in Luke that talks about this particular time. It talks about the lepers that were in Israel. And it says in Luke 4.27, Luke 4.27, and many lepers in Israel were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet. And none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman, the Syrian. See, that verse says there were many lepers in Israel. Many Jewish lepers were in Israel at that time. None of them was cleansed except for Naaman. So the number of lepers, that Jewish lepers, the number of lepers, just a number of lepers that were healed in Israel by God at that time was zero, none. She never saw a, a God heal a leper in Israel. Yet she was convinced that God could heal the leprosy in her Syrian master. And she made a promise about that. She made a promise for something that she had never seen before when she said in verse 3, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that's in Samaria. He would recover him of his leprosy. She didn't say he, he, he is able to recover him of his leprosy. She didn't say he might recover him of his leprosy. She, she said he could. No, she made an unequivocal promise. She said he would recover him of his leprosy. She was 100% sure that that would happen. That was a big risk for that girl. That was a big risk for her to take when she made the promise that if her Syrian master went to Israel to the prophet Elisha, that he would heal him of of the leprosy. She really, did, did she think what might happen if Naaman did go to Elisha and God did not heal him of the leprosy? Did she think about that? No. She didn't think about that because she was 100% convinced. She knew that God was good. She loved Naaman. She had prayed for Naaman. She knew that God was going to heal Naaman if, if he came to God as a DRS, as a dirty, rotten sinner. And this made, she was little, but she had great faith. She had great faith. Just think about the role that this, this, this little maid has played in this history. If she had not spoken up, if she had not made this promise, if she had not by faith in God made this promise that God was going to heal Naaman's leprosy, Naaman never would have become a believer in Jehovah Jesus as the only God in all the earth. That's the reason why this little maid, who we don't even know what her name is, she takes her place among the great women of the Bible alongside Rahab, alongside Deborah, alongside Ruth, alongside Esther. All women who risk their lives to take their stand by faith for God.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Are you seeking employment? Tom Cantor, the founder and president of Scantabodies Laboratory, would like to invite you to a job fair open house. Scantabodies Laboratory, a biotech company, will be accepting resumes on Saturday, April 14th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., located behind the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. That's Saturday, April 14th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. For more information, visit scanabodies.com or call 619-258-9300. That's 619-258-9300. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 